The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Afternoons with Mike now in a brand new year. 2023 is here, this being our first program of the new year. Happy to have a couple. You might have heard them this past weekend with Mark Goldstein on his program, The Shepherd at Work. And I'm so happy to have them hang around and and to record a program with me. I've got Brian and Jessica Lucas. They own the Good Books Company. You've got that right on your shirt, Brian, so I don't have to pause at all to think about what the name of the company is. It's great to have both of you on, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year, and thank you for having us. It's really always fun to to get to talk to people. I know I met you guys through the chamber, the Christian chamber, that has been the source of so many folks coming in here, uh, the impact that we all enjoy of having friendships and relationships being built with mm-hmm. fellow believers in the central Florida area is just really without value. I mean, I, I can't put a price tag on that. And and I'm talking to accountants, so that's really a relative statement. Yes. <laughs> you can put a price tag on it. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourselves, Brian. I know you gave a few details when you were with me months ago on the program when you were in here by yourself. Today, you've got your lovely wife and your children with you as well. Uh, tell about to where you, I know you weren't always a Central Floridian, right? That's correct. I moved from the Dayton, Ohio, Cincinnati area and uh, moved down here in 2010 and uh, met Jessica shortly after that and we got married within a year. Uh, we just knew it was a match made in heaven. And oh, That's uh, great. It's been wonderful, and now we have two beautiful kids. Uh, we have Natalia, my firstborn. She is 10, getting ready to turn 11, and Nicholas, who is 8, and he's turning 9 in April. Now, Natalia, I've got to know the background. That's a beautiful name, one that I don't hear often. So there's got to be some, maybe, is there family ties to that name, or is it just something that you all loved? Now, I was looking for a name that pronounced well in Spanish and in English. And, uh-huh. and didn't have to be changed in any way. So I thought Natalia was perfect. And uh, we did the same with uh, Nico, Nico's name, something that we could pronounce the same way in English and Spanish. Right. Now, Brian, do you know Spanish? Uh, poquito. <laughs> Very little. Okay. I haven't been able to dedicate the time to learn it, but uh, we are trying to work on that now. Um, yeah. Actually, I wanted to mention one more thing about Natalia that we learned, and it's pretty amazing to me, and we only found this out a couple of years ago. Uh, her name we knew meant Christmas or something about Christmas Day, and um, but what we didn't know is that if you look at the Greek Orthodox calendar, her birthday falls on the on Christmas Day in the Greek Orthodox calendar, which Isn't is January something? 7th. Yeah. Yeah. So it ties in both ways then. Yeah, so. it's amazing how that came out. I was just... I'm so impressed when that happens. It's a beautiful name. Yep. Yeah, it really is. And I, I love it. And it's always fun to see the kind of the background and the reasons why people name their children what they do. Oftentimes it is a family name, but sometimes it is because of just what happened with you. Uh, the circumstances cause you to think about wanting to bring both cultures, both Spanish and English 
meanings in there, and, and that's really great. So tell me a little bit about you, Jessica. You grew up in Puerto Rico, yeah. and I understand you were there to what, age 14? Yes, born and raised in Puerto Rico, and then I moved to uh, Winter Park here in Florida. Um, started ninth grade in what used to be Robert E. Lee Middle School. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then from there, I went to Edgewater High, and that's where I graduated. Okay, so you've been in Florida throughout those years of high sure. school and all and of college, that. college, yeah. I went to UCF. And you went to UCF. Yes. Now, how early on did you know that you had some giftings in the accounting field? It's funny, in uh, my junior year at Edgewater High School, uh, they did a profile on me, and I have that page. It's a one-page little interview, and they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I wanted to be an accountant. <laughs> Uh, I went to UCF uh, and first got a degree in health services administration. Um, some years into that, I realized I want to go back to school. And I got a second bachelor's, and that was in accounting. Oh, and then that my is master's crazy. in finance. So I went back to what I said in my junior year. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Now, what was it that made you go toward HSA in the beginning? I wanted to work with the poor in our community. Okay. I wanted to get involved in the programs that uh, service the um, the people in need in our community. Um, and that's why I went that route. Now, obviously, you had some love for the Lord then, even at that age. How old were you when you came to know the Lord? 17, in the nick of time, right before that last semester at Edgewater High School, I came to Christ. So I uh, I spent my college years uh, kind of reevaluating all that I knew as a person and who I wanted to be and so forth. So my years in college were not wild years in any way. They were uh, just years of a uh, lot of growing up and spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, was it a family member or was it a friend that shared the gospel with you? My grandmother, uh, who uh, she, my mother is an only child. My grandmother, when my we moved to Florida, she wanted to come and be with us. And um, my mother was raised me Catholic, but my grandmother had always gone to the Baptist church. So when she moved here, six months mm -hmm. after we had been here, she asked me to help her find a Spanish-speaking Baptist church. Uh, that was so specific, right? So <laughs> uh, we found one in Pine Hills. Okay. They had a wonderful youth group, and that was the first hook, right? That's how I got busy meeting kids my age who... I spoke Spanish, and it just felt like home to me after mm -hmm. making that uh, move from Puerto Rico here. So, uh, but I quickly, you know, my heart was tugged, and I understood. So was, you're you're very proficient in English, but obviously you speak Spanish well as as well, right? Yes. Yeah, I feel yeah. like my Spanish is yeah. better than my English. Um, <laughs> uh, so it makes me a little nervous. Too. That's really great. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing of being bilingual is always intriguing to me. And you said you know a little bit, you know, I, I'm limited to si habla espanol, and that, and that's about it for me. Or Taco Bell, there I can go. say that too, yeah. Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> that's the extent of my abilities to speak in Spanish. I, when I was in high school, the, the language that I studied was German. And because I was in Indiana at the time, if I would have had any notion, any idea back then that I would one day live in Florida, where there's been such a, a heavy emphasis on Spanish and Latino, uh, kind of uh, the culture of that, I would have taken Spanish. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was uh, there were a lot of German 
uh, heritages in the uh, Indiana area where I was, and that seemed to make more sense, although it's never helped me now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I still love it, and I'm grateful that I had that. How was it for you, Brian? I mean, you're meeting someone. Did you ever uh, dream that you'd be marrying somebody who was bilingual like that? No, I didn't. Um, (laughs) It's it's funny because uh, I've always been attracted, um, you know, to the the features and you know, dark hair and the and the darker skin and. And, well, the, uh, Spanish, the and, Hispanic culture altogether, because he all, loves the food. All and... of the food, <laughs> I, yes, it, it's all very good to me. So <laughs> when I met Jessica, and I was uh, completely dumbfounded when I saw her first, and um, <laughs> it it just made sense, and it just took off and flourished from there. So That's wonderful. How about you, Brian? How did you come to know the Lord? Um, so my dad uh, was a Baptist preacher. And um, he was also in the Air Force full time. So uh, he did both of them full time. And we were just raised in the church. And I, I, ra- I was raised in a church to see my dad uh, preaching. And then um, I remember that a little bit because I was very young. And, um, and he just uh, always took us so every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, we would be in church. And any other functions that were there, we were most always there. Now, would your background be what often people call themselves as military brats where they're just moving from one part of the country to another? Was that what happened to you? You know, it's funny because I, that's what I hear about all most of them. I, uh, but no, my dad was stationed at uh, Wright Path for um, pretty much all of his career for the most part. He really? Did, yeah, he did do some TDYs where he went away for a couple weeks, um, maybe a month, and um, but yeah, but we were stationed at the same place for the whole time. So you had stability that a lot of military parents uh, aren't able to provide for their family then. Yes, correct. And, um, and we were only an hour away from where his family and my mom's family was oh, from in Cincinnati. Great. Yeah. Cause the, 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 um, air force base was about an hour North in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you like living in central Florida compared to Ohio? I love it. I mean, I, Ohio is beautiful in its own right, um, but uh, I love the weather here. I love the <laughs> the the blue days. I mean, there's so many just sunny days here that you don't get up north, especially this time of the year when it comes wintertime. And yeah. It, you would have uh, known all about what I remember when I was in Indiana growing up. You get that cabin fever in the wintertime, mm-hmm. and we would have like 30, 40 days in a row without any sunshine. And it, it really does a number on your psyche. I mean, it, it brings you down a lot. I still remember when I moved here. I moved here in January. And um, I, I just remember being here and thinking, wow, this is, it's so bright. You don't, I knew we weren't going to see the sun in Ohio until maybe April <laughs> right. uh, or May. Um, and just the fact it was sunny, it almost felt like I was on vacation the whole time I was here. And I, I just love that feeling. Well, they've been very cold recently. And they've mm-hmm. had that uh, real Arctic air pushed into the whole Indiana. And I don't know what your uh, family, who I, I assume you still have family up there, right? Yes, I do. I have uh, aunts and uncles and yeah. cousins and friends. Yeah. And they were probably be- below zero up there during this most recent cold snap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they. Um, I'm thinking of a good friend of mine. Uh, he ended up moving to northern Indiana, and they, I, I believe they got a lot up there. Yeah, not not yeah. much better. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold up there, and depending on where, you can get the lake effect for snow and uh, maybe not nearly as much as what Buffalo just recently had, but 
I'm just so grateful that the Lord called us to Central Florida, yes. where it's so wonderful right now. <laughs> I always said if I had a perfect way, I would probably be a snowbird, where I would have like a cabin up north and then come uh, down you here. You still like that, yeah. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, you know, you guys met. Now, I know you said you met just shortly after you moved down, mm -hmm. and you became a believer and, and uh, when you were in high school or at 17. So this this whole thing, did you guys ever think about living anywhere differently than Central Florida after you met? Or is this pretty much where you feel like your roots are going to be? That's oh. that's a, 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 an ongoing conversation. Mike. Ongoing, okay. <laughs> because I, um, I love the Kentucky area, and I keep telling Brian, we should look into, um, I don't know if moving, but at least visiting often. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian loves it here. He really does, so... Um, I need to do more convincing. It, it's on. It's on. Uh, on the table anyway. Yes, then. Yes, yes. Now my wife is actually from. Uh, grew up most of her life in Kentucky, and so uh, my uh, my her dad and mom lived in Henderson when I met them, and then they live in Shelbyville now, which is like right in the heart of bluegrass farms and all of the horse farms that are all around. It's gorgeous area. Sounds great to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is nice. But if you want a little bit of that closer to where you are right now, just go to Ocala sure, and I see know. that. And it, they've got the same thing there. Yeah. It's just so great, the, the horse farms that are there. Yeah. So you guys, uh, what was your background before opening up this business where you are now, Brian? What did you do before? Um, so I was in mortgages, mortgage loans for the longest time. Uh, but when the Great Recession hit, I... Uh, after it took about seven months, but I finally got a job with O'Reilly Auto Parts where I worked in management. And now, the great recession of what, 08? Is the, that one? Yeah, of 08. Mm -hmm. uh, it actually, for me, it started in 06 because that's when the first domino fell in 06 for the mortgage. And that's when I lost my, my job there. And then 07 is when I was able to um, get a job with O'Reilly Auto Parts. So, in a, I always had a love for cars. So, it kind of just made sense and it was a natural progression for me to go okay. there. Um, and, and so I did that and um, became very successful there uh, managing. I managed uh, employees in the night crew, and then I was assistant manager. Then they moved me up to um, to store manager, and I did very well. They were actually moving me up to district manager when I decided to move down here, and they weren't here yet. So, mm -hmm. um, but then, um, but my main purpose when I moved here was to go to college, and so I went to Rollins, and um, I got a degree in economics and business, and. I graduated in 17, um, and then from there, I, I started business brokering. I got my real estate license and uh, started working with businesses. Um, the With the uh, COVID that hit with that, we had to do another, I had to do another pivot, and that's when I said, you know, let's just do something together now. So that's when Jessica and I decided to open up the uh, Good Books Company. You know, it's funny, isn't it, how that something like the pandemic can really force a new direction, kind of make a, a way where you see it when, when you might not have seen it as clearly before. But I've heard so many stories of people making that pivot, as you say, and going that direction. And there certainly were some real uh, important things revealed during the whole pandemic thing that are silver linings in people's lives right now. I agree. Yeah. yeah. We, we saw... Um... The, you know, the the birth of our business, but uh, we've seen so many people kind of refocus on what really is in their hearts to be doing. And mm -hmm. um, 
a lot of positive came out of it um, that I'm sure at, in the beginning of it, none of us could calculate. I know that's true. And you know, for both of you, it is, it is something that COVID also brought about a lot of families pulling their kids back in the house just out of necessity. Mm-hmm. But that was already in your heart to want to be in the home and to be closer to your kids. And that's part of the also motivation behind your leaving the accounting world in terms of an office and moving back home. Sure, yes. Um, during that um, spring when they brought the kids home and we had to set up our dining room and make it a classroom and um, just be good at you know keeping up with their school responsibilities. And it's just tucked on my heart uh, knowing that uh, we should be more in uh, plugged into their education, more plugged in into mm-hmm. their daily lives. So that's wonderful. I enjoy that. But yeah, it, that's great. It also paved the way for our business as well because um, the whole virtual, you know, with Zoom meetings, it just skyrocketed then at that point, and that opened the door for us to be able to start a business without having to go lease an office space, mm-hmm. um, and it just made it a little bit easier, the barrier of entry easier into that. And, um, that, and even that offer the service to companies who uh, may have had to let go of uh, some of their staff in their finance department. That was our first offering. You know, you don't hire back a full-time employee. Consider uh, having an off-site uh, financial firm take help you with your everyday um, tra- recording of transactions and keeping your ledger. So That makes perfect sense yeah, because... Kind of like a third-party company like yours, you're, you're not having to do all of the responsibilities that an individual would have to pay another person to do it, like with benefits and things like Correct. that. So there, you know, that can really go a long way, paying your fees then sure. for what you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking with Jessica and Brian Lucas. They own the Good Books Company. And they've been sponsors here on our radio station as well. And we thank you for that. We're going to be back with them in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again in the studio on this first program for the brand new year. My goodness, it's hard to believe that 2022 is now in the books. And speaking of books, I've got the Good Books Company here today, the owners of Good Books, Brian and Jessica Lucas. And uh, we just uh, were so delighted to hear their story of a meeting when uh, Brian moved down from Ohio and Jessica had been in Central Florida for a while as well, graduated here in this area, went to UCF, go Knights on yes. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that school's changed a lot probably from when you started going, right? Yeah, we visited maybe a month ago. I went with the kids and Brian and we walked around. The campus is a new world. It's just yeah. very different, yes. Yeah, it's grown significantly. And I recently was able to have a young man who is a football player there at UCF, Alec Holler. Mm. And he broke the news whether he was going to be going to pro or... Uh, going on for another year here at UCF, and 
he broke that news on my program. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. And that was, that was a lot of fun to have that. Uh, we are uh, Gator moms and dads, my wife and I, uh, are uh, Gator parents, and my three of my four graduated from uh, UF. Uh-huh. So, um, But we're down here now, and we're really gaining love for the Knights, and it's, re- it's really a great school to see it. I've been out there, and I just can't believe how much that place has grown since when we moved to Gainesville in 02. Talk about a transformation. Yes, big it, difference. Yeah. yeah. A lot of growth, a lot of rearranging in that campus. So. And I know that you would agree with this. A lot of students who graduate from UCF really have enjoyed their time there uh, and just the quality of the, the professors and the programs that they have at UCF, just really great. Sure. And um I, I, although I lived in Winter Park, I got a scholarship for lodging. So they, I stayed on campus uh, at UCF during my years there. And um, it's funny because I don't have friends from college time because uh, my English was still limited. I had only been here a few years and I wasn't fully. Um, well, it's hard to believe on. listening to you now. <laughs> um, but I equate those years with, first of all, I loved my, my classes. I loved my professors. I, I just loved um, um, my education. Um, but I also, to me, those years were the years when uh, I was learning about Christ and, and what it meant to come to Christ because I, I, I came to Christ that first year that I, uh, I was mm-hmm. enrolled in, in UCF. So um, I, I remember my years at UCF were the years I was growing in the Lord. Um, so That's to wonderful. me, they were happy years. Yeah. Very happy years. Yes. And that, you know, to be discipled, to be a part of a church that's helping you. And I know you found uh, just real solace in uh, those kinds of friendships that you mentioned earlier about uh, be, kind of being in a youth group when you first came. And all of that just means so much when you feel like you're not alone in sure. your faith. Sure, yes. Yeah, that's great. So you guys own this company. Let's talk about good books for a moment. And I know, uh, Jessica, you came out of the corporate accounting world to kind of form this company that's based in your home now. The Good Books Company is a full-service accounting company. And you mentioned something in the program that you did with Mark, because I was privileged to be part of that as well. On Saturday's program on Shepherd at Work, you mentioned something that I wanted to talk about, and that was the fact that just more than just doing the books, you guys offer some management uh, ideas and input to your clients as well. Either one of you explain that how that works out. So an accounting coordinator uh, or a staff accountant, first level accountant can group and categorize your expenses and and give you good reports as to what your revenue is made up of and what your expenses, Mm -hmm. what's, uh, how you're spending your money. Uh, it comes to the next level, um, a person who can do your financial review. And then that person now looks at how all the expenses and all the, all the dollars are categorized and then help you understand what that report means. What is the health of your business? How, uh, how much in debt are you? How much of the money that you see in that net profit is real cash in your, in your hands? Um, and then help that business owner make decisions, uh, present a viable business to a bank if they need funding. Um, so 
that next level is, I think is where we shine because we, yes, we're doing the bookkeeping and your everyday categorizing of expenses and, and grouping everything into a report that makes sense. But then how can you use that report to make decisions, uh, to know if you're pricing your product or service correctly, to know if you can open up a new um, revenue channel that will be helpful, that, that makes sense without you going and hiring a new group of people. But mm-hmm. with what you're doing, what how can you expand um, and just reconsider your processes uh what would give you better internal control so we can come alongside an owner and brainstorm about all those things that's really a big help i'm sure to all of your clients to have that and do you find that uh, businesses by and large receive that kind of input easily or is that something that some of them might struggle with i think uh, business owners are open to to receive help uh, so we've never had anybody who uh, kind of pushes back or, or feels intimidated by that. Obviously, we always provide it as suggestions. The owner is in total control of his mm-hmm. or her business. Uh, uh, but we give, if we see something that to us is clear, we'll always give that feedback uh, for them to consider. It seems like that would be so valuable to have that kind of eyes onto your program where you're kind of now not just being their accountant, you're almost like a consultant a too. Consultant, yeah. I think opening a business can be very lonely. Uh, you feel this huge burden of, of producing the money to, to take care of your family and to uh, keep up a bit with a business that's that makes sense and, and is able to, to function in, in the market. Uh, so when when somebody comes along and, and they're able to help you uh, and, and make you feel like you, you can consult and you can brainstorm with that person, uh, it's something that most people welcome. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Brian, you mentioned that uh, you spent some time with the O'Reilly uh, franchise. Uh, how, are, how does that now, all of that experience play into what you're doing? With O'Reilly... I would say that that was the career that really built me as a individual and, um, and, and set the stage for what I wanted to do. Um, I was very successful um, with employees and uh, managing employees. And I, and I think all that came about because I was always thinking about if I was a manager, I would do it this way, or I, I would want them to think this way for me, or do this for me, or uh, things like that. So, it, it, the, for that uh, aspect, I was very successful. I, I had my manager even call me and say, "Hey, I want you to fire this person." He did it about eight times, and I said, "Well, why can't their manager fire them?" And he said, "Well, because they don't—they wouldn't do it right, and I know you would." And so, when I brought him in, I sat down with them and had a conversation with them. And out of all the people, I, I think it was about eight. Um, I, I never had to fire any of them. In fact, one of them became my very best employee out of, uh, out of all my employees that I had. Uh, he did a wonderful job. So they were able to stay with the company, even though that your, the owners had, had said they needed to leave. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I always felt myself as a people person, as somebody that I wanted to listen to them and find out what, what is really the hiccup that they're having. Um, so that that kind of morphed into me listening to clients right. as well, and that's what we do. We we listen to the clients when they say, um, when they mention something about you know their business. I'm I'm constantly thinking outside the the box of what they're saying. So if they're saying, "Well, I just wish I had a, a way for this," I'm thinking in my mind, "Okay, what can we do to help solve that problem for them?" Or what about their financials? Can we do to to help them? That and, says a whole lot about the owners and those the managers over you 
that they would then, after feeling that that person was not going to be able to stay, that they changed their mind and left the door open for them. Right. Um, exactly. It, it was just uh, an amazing experience overall. And then also I had to manage by the profit and loss statement. So I got very adept to the profit and loss statement. We had to figure out if we had enough sales, if we didn't have enough people coming in, I would have to let, you know, employees go home for the day a little early, you know, cause we didn't want to have the, the overhead, the labor costs when we're not getting the business in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, I, I became very attuned to exactly what was happening inside the business via the profit and loss, and it just morphed into this very easily. Generally speaking, do you guys find when you're working with a, a new client, as as you kind of survey over all of the new clients that you've had that are now pulling in Good Books Company for uh, now serving them in the way that you do, do you feel find that they lack a lot of the basic kind of like um, maybe understanding or knowledge of how accounting works itself? Because it seems to me, I've picked up a lot of profit and loss statements before, and there are things that that I, I wouldn't have known if someone had not explained that to me of how accountants look at that. But it seems like I've talked to a lot of business owners that, and they were clueless too. Would, would that be your experience? Um. I would say clueless. I would say they there's two areas that are so important, and uh, if you don't have training in accounting, you it may take a minute or a help. You need help to understand the impact of the balance sheet. That that is so important. It 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 it, it talks about the health of your business because mm-hmm. the P and L again is is just categorizing. This is a revenue. This is an expense, and you end up with this net number. Um, but there's a, 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 a the reality of you know how much do people owe you? How much do you owe people? Uh, how much money have you put into the business outside of the uh, selling of services and products? How much of your own money is into this business? Um, your assets. If you were to sell your business today, what is it worth? Um, the balance sheet tells uh, more than half of the story, and and that is very important to. To understand, and somebody who hasn't had training in accounting may miss that. Um, and then also today, software. There's so many platforms out there offered to to help with tracking, you know, your your customer base and your inventory, and and so many different things. That it is important to understand how that system will influence and impact your your numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what data is it giving you? Uh, I'm thinking specifically about a customer who had a, a system, a point of sale system that would give her daily information of daily sales. Uh, well, the system made an entry into her accounting system. Plus when she saw the money coming out of her bank account, she would also make an entry. So she had oh, double uh, overstated entering. her expenses yeah. and her business was looking awful in, bo- in the books. Uh, but uh, not until you do an audit of you know every debit and every credit, is it correct? And does it equal what has happened in the bank? Um, you need to be able to do that audit. And if you don't have accounting training, you may miss that and you may need help with that. Now, when you say audit, I immediately think of the IRS. And we all know that the recent stuff that's going on with that, I mean, how we report and how a business reports its its annual profit and loss uh, really carries an impact on income tax payments, Sure, right? the tax liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we purposely uh, stay away from taxes and uh, the that audit 
But uh, when I mean audit, I mean your yearly, oh, yeah. your yearly yeah. uh, checkup on the on the business and the books. That should still be done. Uh, and a bookkeeper uh, or a business owner may not know exactly how to do that. Uh, that's where we bring in the conversation about managerial accounting and looking at how your business processes translate into numbers in these reports. So that, are there companies that would use you for a yearly audit like that, that would not necessarily use you all year long for bookkeeping? Yes, not, not necessarily maybe as a, a yearly, but uh, a quarter or a period or, or to date, right? Mm-hmm. We've had a business for seven months. Can you take a look and review and see that what we're doing makes sense? Uh, we've had people who reach out and say, I've been doing the daily accounting, but it feels to me like something's wrong. Can you take a look? And mm-hmm. we've done that type of project and uh, they keep the bookkeeping, but we've checked what they're doing and, and make corrections or suggested a new way of categorizing to, to again, have a meaningful statement that means something to the owner. You mentioned software. Do you guys like the kind of current offerings that people are using right now when that comes? It, 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 have we reached a good place, do you think, in the market for that? Well, by far, QuickBooks Online is one of the most popular. QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop. We started with QuickBooks Online and, and we've learned that software very well. Um, and now we are just starting to branch off into QuickBooks Desktop. It, in and of itself, it creates a little bit more of a challenge, but um, it's something we're working through right now to be able to offer in the future for our company. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. That and then, you know, the, that's the accounting software, but then there's so many. Um, it's amazing. You know, you need a some kind of platform to do any kind of tracking or, or reaching out. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are in the marketplace. Um, it's just good to understand how it impacts your, your accounting. How did COVID affect uh, your clients? When you look back uh, t- as, as far as the numbers and the bottom line, how did they come out? Well, that depends on the industry of the client, uh, really. Uh, some clients flourished during COVID and others didn't do so well. Um, and even then, we really wouldn't know the full impact because um, we're two years into this now, coming in, well, January right now. And um, and uh, it is interesting, though, to see that a number of our clients opened up after COVID or during COVID. So they came out of COVID just like we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, a lot of people have found the opportunities to to be innovative and, and, and go on their own. Are you seeing this current uh, level of inflation where we are right now? I mean, the economy has been taxed, especially the last, what, nine months of 2022. Uh, we've seen grocery prices jump up, gasoline jump up. Uh, shortages, uh, supply chain woes, all of that. A lot of that obviously has a big impact on business. Are you seeing any, say, letting up on any of that? I don't know about letting up on it, but um, it, it certainly has affected all of our clients or most of our clients. I mean, even if, if it wasn't directly, it was indirectly as in their own costs have gone up. And so what they were paying themselves before, if they didn't raise their own salary, then they just took themselves about an 8 to 10% um, deduction in their right, pay. Right, yeah. So they, so they would have to account for that, even if nothing else, just to raise their prices a little bit uh, to cover for their own salaries. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for one more segment with Brian and Jessica. This is Afternoons with Mike on our first program of the new year. We'll be right back.
Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. It's been a real joy to get to know this couple from the Good Books Company in Orlando. It's Brian and Jessica, and their last name is Lucas. And you can find them. Give us the website. We'll do it here and at the end of this segment, too. Okay. Um, our website is the good, is, uh, goodbooksco.com. That's G-O-O-D books, which is plural, C-O.com. Okay, goodbooksco.com. And people can get information, of uh, just the general type of information available there. And again, your services. Tell us, Brian, a little bit about the more than just bookkeeping and accounting. I know that you guys are full range. Yeah, we um, actually just changed um, our account offerings to different packages. Um, and then within those packages, they can a la carte some functions and duties. But most of our clients, I would say, we perform bookkeeping services. And so we have three different packages. We have our one package that is just bookkeeping. We call it good books. Um, they, you know, they know everything balances. It's, it's very clean. They can send it to their accountant for their accountant to, to file taxes on. But then we offer another package, um, which also does the bookkeeping. And then this one adds to it a little bit of consulting finance, um, um, meetings where we could go over their numbers with them, explain what the balance sheet numbers mean and the profit and loss statement means. And, um, and then we also have a third package, um, which is more of our consultative uh, package where we all, we do the bookkeeping again and we do it, we do the finance meeting. So we explain the numbers, but then we also can work on budgets with them. We can work on performance. We can work on, um, you know, different segments and even consulting. So we do, we offer that for three, we offer three hours a month, um, up to three hours a month mm -hmm. for that client so that we can sit down and go over it and, um, and the whole package as a whole. And it's, it is kind of consultative and it's also explaining and everything. So it's, it's, it's a very good package. It's like you have the good, better and best going right there. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, the, all three different tiers. Of service, and again, it, it is something that so many of our our uh, people that listen to us have found out in their own businesses the van the advantage, and the I guess you could say the positive reasons that bringing in your company would bring to their business, and you're going to find things that they could miss because that's just what you're gifted at. And you guys do that, and it's it's really, I'm sure, a, a blessing to them when they realize what what can happen in the course of an entire year, what they can save. It's huge. Yeah. Sure, and then we also will work hand in hand with their uh, tax accountant because we don't we don't do the the filing of their income tax. We'll prepare all the reports for that. But once they go to their tax accountant, if they have uh, specific advice on things that would benefit the, the business, we can easily um, pivot and, and take into consideration mm -hmm. what they're asking and, and incorporate that. And that was a pleasant surprise because when we first opened, we thought, well, CPAs would, you know, we're, we're in competition with them, right? So they may not be so friendly, but in reality, we realized that 
a lot of CPAs and tax preparers, that's what they focus on. They don't usually focus on the bookkeeping side. <clears throat> and uh, we have such great relationships with our CPAs and we love it. Uh, we can call and ask them questions. They call and ask us questions. And um, it, it's been a great referral source between each other because we we get a lot of clients say, hey, okay, I know you don't do taxes, but do you know anybody? And we, we definitely refer them out and vice versa, they refer them into us. And it's, it's been a wonderful relationship. So basically, that's the big difference that I'm seeing from your company is that you do the bookkeeping, which is the 24-7, 365. You've got to be aware of that if you're a business owner yeah. and it has to happen. And then you offer these upper tiers then that would include that in each one of them, but all the way up into management and consulting then. Correct. Yeah. And that's really a real service to people. Yeah. And Mike, just to add to that just for a second, we typically do on our bookkeeping, um, our monthly basis bookkeeping, we will reconcile every single month. But there's some businesses that are very small and they just want to make sure that they are doing everything correctly. So we even have a quarterly bookkeeping package where we will take a look at it every quarter. But the the downfall of that is they don't see their numbers every month because we don't reconcile every month. But at the end of that quarter, we'll reconcile it and they'll see how they did on a previous quarter. And, and it it's fits very the budget better, yeah. so mm-hmm. it it's an better. offering that's welcomed by a number of businesses. Now let's talk about budget for a second, because whether it's a business, whether it's a family, a budget is pretty important. And we're finding out again when, you t- when you're talking about almost 10% inflation figures that are coming in, and that means that if a person is not making any more money than they did last year, they are actually making 10% less money or almost 10%. Mm-hmm. So budgeting becomes an even bigger deal for a business. What are the, the, the problems that you see happen with most businesses with regards to their budgeting? I'm going to say that, uh, I'm going to dare to say that about 90% of the business owners that we've worked with do not have a budget. They don't know how to put it together. They don't, the, the thought of, Uh, planning ahead for a year that they don't know how they're going to do in regards to uh, earning revenue is is just daunting. They they just don't know how to go at it, uh, about Mm -hmm. it. So um, once we've taken on a a client, we'll be quick to offer, okay, for the new year, let's try to do some benchmarking and compare how you've been, how you have been doing year over year. And let's there to do some take some make some assumptions and build a budget that uh, will guide you in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the b- main challenge is that people don't have one; they don't have a budget. They simply look at what cash came in and what do what's priority. What's what's the bill I need to pay uh, this month? But um, you know, we we lo- would like to see our clients to build a budget that you know projects to one year three years or five years so that they can uh, plan on how, how do I grow this business? What, mm-hmm. what will it take? Uh, what do the numbers need to look like? Uh, the effort that I'm doing this year, how much How much does it need to change for me to see the numbers that I wish uh, I, I, to see in, in my uh, profit and loss statement? Apparently, a friend of mine who had has a business and he had a, apparently a group like you in his life too, because they were looking over his numbers and he had been so fanatical about budgeting and saving and, and making sure that, that well, there was a portion of cash that, uh, in the words of the accountant helping him, he was too 
cash rich. And so they said, you need to protect yourself. So that's the kind of thing that can happen. I mean, most of the time it's not the case, but in his case, they recommended that he take some cash and pay off his house to protect it. And uh, that that was really good advice and obviously a blessing for this guy. But you see how the, the it's so individual. Each business is, is, you have to look at them. You can't apply general rules to, to even if businesses that are in the same industry. Mm-hmm. You, you really need eyes on your business and what drives the revenue, what expenses you have, what's unique about you. And then you can see that type of thing and then right. uh, make suggestions that are valid to that owner. Yeah, that's really helpful for that owner to have that. And this is where you guys do keep such a good track and you have good ideas of categories. So you can actually help them project some of those questions, take away some of that daunting uh, task of budgeting by suggesting to them, you've got these 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 expenses coming in. And so you need to take consideration for that to make sure you've got enough built into the budget. Sure. And, and uh, you know, pulling data from the system, uh, that, that's something that uh, somebody who's good with, let's say, QuickBooks may not be so good with managing of data. So you have to, you know, do a download of data and look at your historical behavior and then uh, group it by month, by year. What have you done, you know, in the first quarter of every year for the past three years? That's Those are studies that uh, an owner may not know how, may not know how mm-hmm. to do, and we can be helpful uh, in that. And then project, you know, compare quarter over quarter and make a projection uh, and, and help with building a budget. Well, this is a, a first of the new year time where a lot of people are looking at their lives looking at their businesses, making evaluations. What would be your guys' number one advice for 2023 for businesses? I would say build a cushion, right? So uh, owners are always so worried about uh, what will it take for me to survive this month, right? What what revenue needs to come in, what expenses I, I need to, to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is such a thing as building reserves. And uh, a lot of owners don't... You bring that up and they their eyes light up like what I, I can put money aside and, and uh, for the long, you know, for initiatives for the next year, for the for the future. Right. And, do you and think they feel like they can't afford to do that? They feel like they can't afford it. And uh, if you have the discipline to stick to a budget, you can include in there uh, the efforts to uh, build your reserves mm-hmm. and that so that you're not reactive to situations in the business, but rather you can have a cushion. You can have money set aside for things that may show up that you did not anticipate and uh, for initiatives that will help you grow your business in the coming years. Mm-hmm. That that can be part of your planning today mm-hmm. for the future. So I would say uh, concentrate, concentrate on adding uh, a line item uh, in your um, balance sheet to save for what could come mm-hmm. uh, that is not anticipated today. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people talking right now about further grocery shortages, food shortages. And uh, of course, if that happens, it's going to trickle down into every area of sure. every business. Yes. Bottom line, isn't it? Sure. Right. If it, it doesn't affect your immediate, if it doesn't affect your immediate bottom line, then it will affect your personal bottom line, and you've got to account for all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, this has really been an informative time with you guys. Thank you for spending this with us. And give us that website one more time, if you will. Sure. It's it's www.goodbooksco.com. And books is plural. Good Books Co. We've got um, Brian and Jessica, the owners here of Good Books Brian and Jessica Lucas. And, you know, I, I wish you the very best. You know, this is going to be an interesting year. Specifically in the area of taxes and what directives right. comes out of the IRS uh, house, I think it would benefit the regulations that are imposed in businesses, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll all see, won't we? And then not to mention uh, inflation, as we keep mentioning, but that is a tax. So, um, yeah, you can look at it that way. Yeah. It's a tax that seems to have uh, come hot and heavy and quick. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> it really did. I mean, we jumped at what in less than two years, up up like almost ten percent more for the same goods and services. So, sure. well, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for being Thank with for us today. Us. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.